The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Now, in a survey uh, commissioned by and published by the Department of Transport today, uh, there is an indication that 60% of people are willing to change the way they travel to reduce carbon emissions. 90% of people say they would walk, cycle or take public transport for journeys that are less than two kilometres in length. But what would prompt them to actually go and do it, particularly when it comes to public transport? Would making public transport free be the nudge they need? Breed Smith is a People Before Profit TD for Dublin South Central. Breed, you're welcome to the show. Why should we make public transport free? Well, there's a, there's a number of reasons, but the, the, the main reason, the, the, the reason with the heaviest weight is uh, climate action. And this summer, I think, beyond anything else shows why everywhere we need to move to taking radical, not um, piecemeal, but radical, profound action to tackle climate change. And transport accounts for up to 40% of our emissions in this country and beyond. And that's why we're seeing an increased number of cities and jurisdictions around the world switching to free, frequent public transport because it is shown to have a solution that offers a deduction in carbon emissions um, it offers a reduction in the in the personal consumer habits of people without saying to them, you must pay for your personal behaviour, but rather encouraging them to change their personal behaviour in a way that is positive and beneficial to them. And I think that free, frequent public transport is really a no-brainer and is something that in a country of this size, we could introduce in the morning. Uh, obviously, the frequency and the improvement in the public transport infrastructure can't be done in the morning, but we could begin to do that and at the same time as make transport free and take people out of their cars. So how would it work in your mind? Is it kind of an overnight thing the government could do? And would it be all forms of public transport, regardless of whether it's train or bus or tram and regardless of distance? Absolutely. I think it has to be all forms and trains, buses and trams all make up a big mishmash of how people move about this country. Um, I was telling your researcher earlier on, I was down in West Cork recently, a tiny peninsula on Barra where they've recently introduced a, a local link that flies up and down the peninsula in between little villages and townlands. Uh, frequently all day and it's very, very popular with the local people and it's virtually free because most of those who use it are either pensioners or people with on disabilities, but the fares are also very, very low. But imagine if that was free and frequent all over the country, how it would encourage people to get out of their cars and to begin to not just send a signal that this is mm. a positive action on climate, but it's also something that can increase connectivity and make your lives more enhanced. And do it immediately? The government could do it Absolutely. in this budget? Okay. And we brought a motion to the Dáil uh, in, the, in the past months to do it immediately, of course, it was voted down by the government parties. It was no surprise to us, but it was a very sensible motion that had a lot of support elsewhere. And uh, we also costed it in the budget and it would be just beyond what public transport costs us in its entirety at the moment. It would amount to just over half a billion at the current rate and frequency of transport. Obviously, if we improve the frequency and the availability of transport, then you're looking at more capital expenditure. But we have reduced capital expenditure in transport over the decades. And that is a tragedy. Janet Horner is a Green Party councillor from the North Inner City and she's with me as well. Janet, should we do this and should we do it immediately? Yeah, look, I mean, I 100% agree with Breed that the priority at the moment is to 
incentivize people to get out of their cars, to make public transport much easier and much more accessible to people, to get people walking and cycling as much as we possibly can at the moment. That is an imperative from a climate change perspective at the moment. Where I disagree is that I don't think that free, making public transport free, free does that use the phrase free and frequent there, but the frequency element of it is, is where the much, much more complex element of the detail comes in. At the moment, we are investing in new services across the country, in, in more greater infrastructure. We're doing the capital expenditure piece that is going to put those services, like that local link that Breed mentioned, in place across the country. But that takes time, that takes effort. And at the moment, while we are working a lot on tariff reduction, and while that has been a, a priority at the moment, I've seen a reduction in fares, including um, a 50% reduction for everyone under 24 what we are not, what would be wrong at the moment is to have people in areas that don't have access to any public transport still um, subsidising those to, to such a heavy extent who have access to a decent public transport network. And we also need to not misdiagnose the problem. What we know the barriers are to people getting on public transport at the moment are the lack of network, the lack of frequency and issues around safety particularly when that comes to walking and cycling. So if we are serious about taking its climate action approach to transport, we need to talk about what the actual barriers are, and those actual barriers are expanding the network, ensuring the frequency of services there, and addressing the real safety concerns that people have when they walk around the street okay. or they cycle down the so road in the evening. If you think cost is not a barrier, do you not believe that making it free would see a jump in use? I don't think the evidence backs that up massively when we've seen what has happened in other European countries at the moment. We know, firstly, a lot of those European countries are already starting from a much, much higher baseline than we are at the moment in terms of where, um, in, in terms of access to a network and the, the, the standard of that network. But what they are, um, what we don't see, what we are seeing is that it is a subsidy for those who are already using public transport primarily and not an incentive for a lot of people to change their habits. What we want to do is get people who are not using it at the moment, people who are not feeling safe to walk and cycle at the moment, to change their habits. So that does need to be the priority now. Uh, uh, Bree, the way Janet describes it is your, your motion, your suggestion would reduce the cost for people who are already on the bus, but it won't necessarily get more people on to it. Well, I think she's wrong and I think the experience in over 100 other cities across the globe will prove her wrong if she looks at the studies on it. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure, Janet's a smart woman, I'm pretty sure she has looked at it, but I'm also sure that she's looked at the study that Eamon Ryan has promoted, which comes from Ernst & Young, whom I wouldn't trust as far as I could throw. After all, they uh, did the studies around the bank, the health of the banks just before they all collapsed on us, um, and they maintained that it wouldn't take people out of their cars. And I think that's wrong. I think free public transport in particular would send a signal to ordinary people up and down this country that uh, uh, issues around climate change are not always about penalising them, like the carbon tax has been. Issues around making radical change, and it would be radical, are good for society. Not only do they improve your life and your level of connectivity, Mm. but they will allow your your purse to be enhanced by it. And the Green Party almost admitted that by reducing fares on a cost of living measure, measure, that actually transport in this country is expensive and it does need uh, to be alleviated by the cost of it. Um, However, I would continue to make the argument that uh, I'm debating here with a Green Party councillor and I'm just as passionate about climate change as she is 
But there's a certain amount of denial in saying that we must wait for these things by a gradual method of introducing one thing first and the other next. When the United Nations and the IPCC and every organisation in the world is telling us we have to make immediate, radical, transformative action okay. now. J- Janet, are you uh, guilty of letting perfection be the enemy of the good? Look, I guess what I would agree with what Breed said there is it, like, things can send a powerful signal and that would probably be what the most powerful impact of something like this would be is it would send a signal. But it simply isn't backed up by the evidence to say that it would have a really significant impact on our transport emissions as they are at the moment. What I think would be great to see and where, and I'm not, like, I don't I don't 100% disagree with Breed in this. At the end of the day, I think that once we had a network in place, I would like to see tariff reduction, if not tariff elimination, come into play. But I don't think it's, a, it's the right move at this moment in time. But what I would like to see as the next move, for example, is more targeted measures. So we have our over 66s, of course, of free public transport at the moment. Um, and as we can see from the experiment within our own country, yeah. that has largely not resulted in, in them being 100% public transport users. There's many barriers to our over 66s using walking, cycling and public transport at the moment, for example. But Janet, what, 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 like what should the network look like before you would agree that it is time to make it free? Because it, you know, it's never going to service everybody. Just we have too dispersed a population that you're going to have a tram or a train going past everyone's front door. So at what point would you say, yeah, that's it, now we can do it? Uh, the, the mantra that has been the, our, our goal for quite a while now has been every village, every hour. So a service that is basically a network of some sort, whether it's rail or bus, that is servicing every village at every hour around the country. And that should be, that should be a, 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 it is a difficult goal, it is a lofty goal, but it is what we should be aspiring towards saying is a decent, dignified network for everybody in the country to feel that public transport at least provides an option for them, if not the exclusive option for them. Breeze, should we wait until we've got that service in place? Every village, every hour. Absolutely not. And I, you what know, about Janet, I think the point this... Janet made initially, which is that until you get that service in place, then people, particularly in Dublin and near constituencies, you know, who, who do have all of the service at their uh, at their fingertips, as it were, that they'll feel the benefit of it. Well, I'm sorry, like there isn't, uh, uh, there are swathes of Dublin and particularly the poorer working class areas of Dublin that don't uh, have it at their fingertips. In fact, there's been a reduction in the level of buses going into certain um, working class communities because of the Bus Connects plan and people are feeling it acutely in places like Lower Ballyfermot, in Inchicore, etc., where buses are only coming on the hour and yet they have... Ah, yeah, know, no, I accept that, but fewer buses is still a lot more than no buses. And that's the point Janet was making. Of course, and I'm not, I'm not saying that we're, you know, not a thousand percent better off than our rural cousins are in many, many parts of the country. But I just think that the, the argument Janet is making is really just giving cover to a lack of action from the Green Party and government to do the right thing and do what other cities and towns and jurisdictions are doing increasingly across the planet, including in the heart of the beast in the USA. And that is making public transport free at the same time as trying to improve its frequency. And the delay on it is only a sort of a symbol of the delay of inaction from the current government. We need radical, immediate action, and this would help hugely to reduce our emissions, to improve our air quality, and to increase the connectivity that people have to feel 
in each, amongst each other in society. Um, Reed Smith, People for Profit TD and Janet Horner, Green Party Councillor, thank you both very much uh, for joining thank me you, here on you. the show. Uh, one listener says, if providing free public transport is cheaper than being fined ultimately by the EU for carbon emissions, then it should be a no-brainer. Stephen Dublin says, the experience in the UK in the last few weeks with a huge public bash, backlash against green initiatives that would cost them money for example, gas boiler replacements or diesel scrappage, etc., shows it's the state that needs to foot the bill for behavioural change or it simply will not happen. There is no evidence, as somebody else, that free public transport is the answer. Reasonably priced expanded services is the solution to increasing the use of public transport. And one more for the moment, but a lot of people with strong views on this. You want people not to commute in their cars every day, allow them to work from home. Simple as that. We're going to be talking about working from home a little bit later uh, in the show. 087-1400-106. Keep your views coming. Do you think we should make all public transport free? If you've got public transport available, I would wager you're going to get in touch and say yes for lots of other people. I mean, they would love the idea of it, but they would love some public transport in the first place. I've made the point often on this show, I would get the train to and from work, but at the moment I can only get the train to work because Irish Rail don't offer a service after seven o'clock from Dublin to Kilkenny and on to Waterford. I mean, there's three cities. I know, right. Let's part the whole Kilkenny being a city debate. There are certainly two cities on that line, Kilkenny and Waterford, and nothing after seven o'clock. Absolute madness. So you make it free all you want, but we need some service, a greater level of service than we currently get, I would say, as well. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.